Good afternoon. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome and thank you for joining me for the next two chapters of Well Done Secret 7. So, um, yesterday we had Jeff starting to remember some of the things that he overheard. Um, so, let's carry on from there. Chapter 11. Talking and Planning. Jeff couldn't remember anything more at all. He began to look worried when the seven pressed him. He went rather white and Peter noticed it. All right, no more questions, he said. We will discuss all this and have a few biscuits to help us and a drink of something. Like a biscuit, Jeff? Although it was only about an hour since he had eaten a huge meal, Jeff was quite ready to eat again. So was the kitten. It nibbled a biscuit that Janet held out to it and was quite playful. It's feeling better, said Jeff. Hey, is that your dog barking? It was. Scamper barked a few little barks at first and then burst into loud, angry ones. Peter peered down the tree. Jeff clutched Colin, looking frightened. Don't give me away if it's me thereafter, he said. Please, please don't. Two men were below the tree, walking past. Peter made Jeff look down. He shrank back at once, looking so scared that Peter knew immediately that the men were Mr. Tizer and Jeff's uncle. They were looking for him still and were under the very tree that poor Jeff was in. They didn't know that, of course. Scamper was taking all their attention. He capered around the men, pretending to snap and snarl. He didn't like them at all. Brute of a dog, said one of the men and picked up a dead branch. He flung it at Scamper. Peter went red with rage. It didn't hit Scamper, but it sent him quite mad. He flew at the two men and they took to their heels at once. Scamper chased them about a quarter of a mile through the woods and then came back panting, huh, very pleased with himself. Good dog, called down Scamper, and Scamper wagged his, <coughs> called down Peter, sorry, and Scamper wagged his tail at once. On guard again, Scamper, on guard. Scamper went to his tree and sat down. No dog could have looked more pleased or more important. The Secret Seven sat back with a sigh of relief. Oh, poor Jeff. He was white and trembling and the kitten had gone into hiding under his torn coat. Cheer up, Jeff, said Peter. Scamper's chased them away. I wonder how they guessed you were here. I think it's because of the kitten, said Jeff. They've only got to ask if anyone's seen a boy with a kitten. Several people in the wood have seen me about. Woodmen and walkers and such. Mr. Tizer and my uncle will get me in the end. No, they won't said Peter. I must say, I didn't like the look of them. Now, what are we going to do about this? 
The seven talked and talked. MKX? Who or what was that? Emma Lane? How could they possibly find out where she lived? The Red Pillow? Impossible clue. The 25th? Well, that was a definite date. But what was going to happen on it? And where? The grating? Where was that? And why was someone going to watch through it? I don't even think that famous detective Sherlock Holmes could have made head or tail of this, said Peter at last. It doesn't even seem any use to discuss it all. No, but it's fun and very exciting, said Pam. I think we ought to tell someone. What about your parents, Peter? Yes, we'd better tell them, said Peter, not wanting to go in the least. But if we could find out something ourselves, we would have a shot at it. But pff, I don't see how we can, except that we might find out if there is an Emma Lane. That might lead us somewhere. Well, how could we, asked Barbara. Ask at the post office, said George, feeling rather bright. They know where everyone lives. Yes, that's a good idea, said Peter. You and Jack can ask on the way home. And if it leads to nothing, we'll tell my father and mother. I don't want you to, said Jeff. I'll get into trouble if the police go into this. <sighs> Sorry, Jeff, said Peter, but this affair has got to be gone into. It's a pity it's beyond the power of the Secret Seven. We've never had a failure yet. Still, this really is too difficult for anything. We'd better go, said George. I keep getting into rows for being late. I bet you others do too. Yes, we do, said Janet. And you and Jack are going to call at the post office, aren't you? We really must go. When will you be back here again? asked Jeff anxiously. This afternoon, probably, or after tea, said Peter. We'll decide as we go home. We'll bring you some more food. Anyway, you can eat the rest of the biscuits and the chocolate. That will keep you going. Now, don't look so scared. You'll be quite all right. No one can possibly guess you are up here. Jeff looked very doubtful. He watched the seven climb down one by one. He heard Scamper's excited welcome. The kitten shrank back in fright against him when she heard the loud barks. If Mr. Tizer hears those barks, he'll guess something's up, thought poor Jeff in a panic. I may be safe up in this tree, but I've no way of escape if Mr. Tizer found out I was here and climbed up after me. Chapter 12 George and Jack called in at the post office as Peter had told them. They knew the post office girl and she smiled at them. I hope it won't bother you to find out for us, began George very politely, but we want to know where someone called Emma Lane lives. It's rather important. Can you possibly tell us? Well, it will take me a few minutes, said the girl, taking down a big directory. I'll find out for you now. The boys waited patiently. The girl turned over page after page, running her finger down lists of names. Yes, she said, there is an Emma Lane. Mrs. Emma Lane, 1 Church Street, 
That must be the way one you won. It's the only Emma Lane there is. The other others are Elizabeth and Elsie. Oh, thanks, said George, delighted. One Church Street. That's easy to remember. We'll go and tell Peter after dinner, said Jack. Then perhaps we could all go and find out exactly who Emma Lane is and what she does. So after dinner they went round to Peter's house and he and Janet listened with great interest to their bit of news. We'll go straight away to Emma Lane's and see if we can find out anything at all, said Peter. She might know Mr Tizer, for instance. Yes, and she might tell us something about him and that awful uncle of Jeff, said George. Shall we get the others and all go together? Um... No, said Peter. It might look a bit peculiar, seven of us arriving to talk to Emma. They set off to Church Street. Number one was a dear little house, neat and pretty, with a tiny, well-kept front garden. The four children stopped outside and debated who was to go to the door and what to say. You go, Peter, said George. We did our bit going to the post office. I wouldn't know what to say to Emma Lane. All right. Janet and I will go, said Peter. And he and his sister walked up the little path to the neat green front door. They rang the bell. A small girl opened the door and stared at them. She didn't say a word. Ah, uh, could you tell me if Mrs Emma Lane is in? asked Peter politely. Who's she? asked the little girl. I've never heard of any Emma Lane. This was most surprising. Peter was puzzled. But the post office said she lived here, he said. Isn't there an Emma Lane here? What about your mother? My mother's called Mary Margaret Harris, said the small girl, and I'm Lucy Ann Harris. A voice called up the hall passage. Who's that, Lucy? I don't know, called back Lucy. It's just two children asking for someone who doesn't live here. A lady came up the passage, her hands covered in flour. She smiled at Peter and Janet. I'm making cake, she said. Now... Who is it that you want? They want an Emma Lane, said the little girl, laughing. But she doesn't live here, does she, mother? Emma Lane? Why, she's your grandmother, you silly child, said the lady. Lucy stared at her, her mother in surprise. I never knew Granny's name was Emma, she said. I never heard anyone call her Emma Lane. You call her mother and I call her Granny. Well, she's still got a name all the same, said the lady. She turned to Peter and Janet. The old lady doesn't live here now, she said. She went away about three months ago to the seaside and we've got her house instead. Uh, did you want to speak to her? Uh, no. Oh, well, yes, but... Oh, it doesn't matter, said Peter, feeling rather muddled. Thank you very much. I'm sorry to have bothered you in the middle of making cakes. He and Janet went down the path. What a silly girl not to know her grandmother's name, said Janet. Well, do you know the names of our two grannies, said Peter. We know their surnames, but 
I don't know the Christian name of either of our grannies. I've never heard anyone call them by name, except that we call them Granny and Mummy and Daddy call them Mother. Do you suppose that little girl's granny has anything to do with Mr Tizer's plans? asked Janet. Peter shook his head. No, she's an old lady and she must be nice if she lived in that dear little house. And anyway, she's not there. She's not the Emmeline we want and yet she was the only one. The post office knew. They walked on in silence. Peter sighed. We'd better tell Mummy and Daddy Janet. It's all too muddled and difficult this time. There's not even anything we can do to unravel the muddle. A red pillow? MKX? Oh, it's just silly. <laughs> well, looks like they're going to have to tell a grown-up. Grown-ups are always good when you've got a problem. <laughs> Anyway, they always know what to do, don't they? So, uh, looks like they're going to have to tell their parents. Uh, but, who knows? Maybe their parents won't be able to know because I'm a grown-up and I don't know what all that means. Ooh. Well, tomorrow, hopefully, we will start getting maybe a little bit clearer. What do you think? Well, tomorrow... Maybe. Until then, I want you all to promise me to take care and stay safe and to come back and join me tomorrow. Bye for now.